0: Hey everybody, this is Joe Madden with the first episode of Uncorked. I want to invite you into the living room right here and enjoy a nice glass of wine. I'm going to pour it up in a couple minutes and eventually we're going to be included with a uh, special guest, Bruce Arians, head football coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, who I think is going to choose something a little bit stronger.
1: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What's up, and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at bucksnation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at Jayarko underscore bucks, at DH82 underscore bucks, and at Bucks underscore nation. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is rewinding the clock a little bit. And David, for Bucksnation.com, you dove into the Buccaneers 2017 NFL
3: Draft Class. Right. So typically in, in this business, people say that you want to give a draft class about three years uh, to, to mature and develop and to really start contributing to a team before you really go down and kind of put a final kind of nail in the coffin or whatever you want to call it, uh, stamp on the envelope and, and mail off your opinions of the class. And for the 2017 NFL Draft Class, 2019 was that third year. So here we are in the offseason. We've got some, you know, some, some time on our hands. So I decided to go back and kind of look at that draft class, all the players involved in it, see what they've been able to do, where they've gone uh, since they, since they entered the NFL and give each of them a, a grade and then give the entire class a grade. And the scale that I went with for this, okay, is uh, a equaled that. I love the pick uh, to this day. B is I like it. C is not happy about it, but I'm also not mad about it. D is that I don't like it, and F is that I hate it. Hate the pick. So, obviously, the first-round draft pick, right? Tight end O.J. Howard out of Alabama. Uh, there, you can read the whole thing there. everything that I listed kind of on BucksNation.com today. Um, but overall, I mean, you talk about you know a first year and a second year, there were some injuries there, but really you saw a lot of potential out of O.J. And then entering that third season in 2019 was kind of the year that everybody, media – fans oj himself i remember when an nfl network talked about what he was doing to try to become a top five and tight end in the national football league so everybody was really kind of hoping or preparing or expecting uh that breakout season and it just didn't come now you know to his benefit he still had a really big role in the offense it was just it was more in a blocking role than as a receiver ultimately i settled on a grade of b being that i liked the pick i liked the pick when oj was drafted I know some people called him a luxury pick. It wasn't necessarily a need for the team. Guys like Dalvin Cook were still out there. TJ Watt was another player that was still available. Tredavious White was a player that was still on the board uh, and drafted there in the first round. So definitely some players that you could have seen the Buccaneers taking that probably would have addressed some of the needs they had better than OJ did. But you still like the talent that OJ has. Again, a, a guy that on many boards was a top five talent falling to number 19. Can't blame the team for taking advantage of it. And then... O.J. still has that potential. So I still like the pick, gave it a B. Uh, moving on, you got Justin Evans there and some of the struggles he has. I think Chris Godwin, though, I mean, I think everybody's going to agree he's the crown jewel of this entire draft class. So, of course, Chris, you know, that was a pick that I loved in the moment that it happened. Uh, big fan of Chris Godwin moving up to that year's draft. And then ever since then, he's just gotten better. His his targets have gone up. His receptions have gone up. His yards have gone up. His touchdowns have gone up. I mean, he, he took him 16 games to get his first touchdown in the national football league. But since then he's had 16 touchdowns on top of that. Uh, So that was the a, and then overall, you know, I went through the rest of the draft picks, but overall I actually ended up with a draft class grade of C, which is not happy, but not mad, which I put in there. Listen, I kept myself as the writer of the post to a very strict grading uh, system. And I put what that system was in, in the post there. And the greatest thing about this post what I'm really excited about is that our readers are going to get to give their own grades based on their own criteria, not mine. And then they're going to get to grade the entire class. So, you know, the, the point value that I gave Chris was kind of contained to the system itself. But for a fan out there, you may, you may give Chris Godwin that grade all the way up to where the entire draft class gets an A. So very interesting what the reactions are uh, and see how the voting turns out from the readers over there at Bucks nation.
2: Yeah, I'm uh I, I think those are two of the better picks of the Jason Light era, and I think you can make the argument that you could swap the two guys as far as where they were drafted and still be perfectly happy with the results out of either one. And, and we've talked a lot about how excited we are to see what O.J. Howard can continue to do. We're excited to see uh, kind of how he fits with with Tom Brady and, and more importantly – how he's going to continue to evolve and you know fit into this Bruce Arians offense he wasn't utilized to the level that were to people's likings last year and you know if he comes out and he has a year more more like the the first two before injury i i think we're you know we're in for a a, a real treat for the buccaneers offense but yeah i, I don't think anyone can argue with you giving Chris Godwin an A. When you find one of the top receivers in the NFL in the third round, that's an automatic A. And, uh, yeah, a lot of of exciting stuff coming up this year for Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard. Coming up next, we are going to be talking about Bruce Arians' appearance on Uncourt, the debut episode of the YouTube show, from Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim manager and former Tampa Bay Rays manager, Joe Madden. But first, you know we got to talk about those built Bars because this morning, while I was working on my normal day off, um, I had myself a, a mint brownie and it was delicious. It hit the spot. 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have all kinds of amazing flavors, some with chocolate and nuts, some that are chocolate and nut-free, and those nut-free are made completely separate from the nut flavor, so anyone with any allergies or dietary restrictions to that capacity need not worry. Bars are covered 100% in chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And this month, they have launched four new flavors, peanut butter, banana, pineapple upside down cake, coconut, pecan pie, and blueberry lemon. And this week only, and we're getting to the end of this week, until May 31st, $5 off every box of bars. And you can combine that. With our promo code LOCKED ON, which will get you $10 off your first order. So, your first order of Built Bars, boom, $15 off. Just head to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED ON at checkout to save $10 off your first purchase.
0: When I first moved to Arizona, I've been a Cardinal fan my whole life, and there was a coach out there that talked about. He just wanted players that, that played well enough to keep them from losing. I mean, I, I think you cannot be afraid to lose in order to win. That's, that's where I come from. I don't want my guys oh, yeah. ever to be afraid of losing because if you are, you're going to lose.
1: Right. I, I think there's two times in my life I feared losing. Okay. Coach Bear Bryant's last game in the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> when we, we, there was so much pressure uh, uh, to win the game. And I don't use the word pressure very often. Right. But you could, you could, cut, you could cut it with a knife win uh, the locker room for the players, the coaches. We had to win his last game for him. And then when Chuck Pagano got sick and Jim Mersey asked me to take over and, and we're going to play the Green Bay Packers and we're going to beat the Green Bay Packers and we're going to take a game ball to the hospital for Chuck. I didn't need that. now. Yeah. <laughs> Bad enough. I'm taking over right now, but wow. And uh, we had to win the game
3: mm-hmm. and, you
1: know, we're down 21 to three at halftime and we got six rookies on offense we did have a great young quarterback named Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And a couple of veterans, I didn't say much at halftime, a couple of veterans stood up today. said, hey, we just need one good thing to happen. Somebody make a play, and it's going to snowball. Right. Gerard Powers intercepts a pass. Andrew Luck throws a touchdown on the last play of the game. They take the game ball to Chuck, and um, probably one of the greatest victories out of the been Awesome. Game.
3: That was Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians uh, from his appearance on the YouTube podcast, YouTube show Uncorked there with with Joe Madden. And from reading the comments, James on the on the YouTube video there, uh, apparently Joe Madden's the, the coolest manager in all of baseball. Which I'll have to defer to you here in a minute on that opinion. Uh, as you all know, I'm not I'm not a baseball watcher enough to know who the coolest manager is. But I knew though. But I do know that Bruce Arians is the coolest head coach in the National Football League. And I'll tell you when I watched that episode, I watched the entire episode before I went through and picked, you know, the clips that we were going to use for this episode and what we were going to talk about. Uh, it was very entertaining, you know, and, and I'm not a wine person either, so that's kind of funny because the show is all about Joe Madden sitting there with a glass of wine. You know, in the beginning he kind of uncorks it and tells you what kind of wine it is and all that stuff. Of course, Bruce wasn't drinking wine, he was drinking some hard stuff. But uh, it's so it's just kind of an interesting, you know, contrast and and the way that they go about this. But the reason I picked this quote or this this clip here uh, to talk about first on today's show is because it's Bruce Arians talking about pressure, and that 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 stood out to me a little bit because Bruce, I think this kind of illustrates two things, and one thing it illustrates is that the game is not pressure, right? The game itself is not pressure for him, and it's you know it's football at the end of the day. And it's something I he feels very comfortable with, and it's very he's very comfortable in that arena because uh, you know you would almost expect a coach to talk about you know uh, the Super Bowl, like why wasn't that one of the moments in his career where he's felt pressure. But instead, you know, he talks about Coach Bryant's last game, and he talks about that first game taken over there as the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts for Coach P- 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 Pagano. And it shows that 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 value that Bruce Arians really, I think, brings to an organization. I had a leader once early in my career uh, who kind of talked to all of us, and he used uh, the via, a vehicle as kind of the, the way to describe things. And, you know, he said – uh, no matter what you do in life, it's like you know you're you're running a car, like so any type of business, right? The Locked On Bucks podcast is a vehicle, and that vehicle is never going to get you to the top of the mountain unless you give it gas. And what gas means is you give a S word, right? So if you don't have gas in your vehicle, you're not actually going to get to where you want to go. And to me, that kind of sentiment, the fact that in all the years Bruce Arians has been coaching, in all the years he's been involved in football, the only two times he ever feels pressure or has felt pressure was when one of the greatest coaches go- in the business was going out. And when he was taking over for a close friend of his, a mentor of his, you know, a peer of his, um, and, and they were trying to do something really amazing to help uplift him in probably what was one of the most deepest and darkest uh, times in his life, Coach Pagano was there dealing with cancer. Um, so that kind of shows that, that Bruce has that gas. He brings that gas to the organization and to, what, to everything that he does. And when those players buy into that, and they also – bring that gas and that's when you have things that can happen that are special um so you know whether whether it ends up in the Buccaneers being the first team to to play a a Super Bowl in their home stadium or you know Tom Brady hoisting a seventh Super Bowl trophy wearing a Bucks uniform uh, I don't know if that's all going to happen but I think those two illustrations right there really kind of stood out for me so that's why I wanted to kick it off with that yeah and uh David just kind of a,
2: a random question for you do you know who Alabama beat in that final
3: game coached by Bear Bryant? It's either got to be Ohio State or Temple. Illinois. Oh, okay. I didn't think you would go Illinois on that one, but okay, Illinois. That yep. crossed my mind for a second.
2: Yep, they beat uh, my beloved Illinois fighting Illini in Bear Bryant's last game. Uh, yeah, and and one of the things, and Bruce Arians talks about it in his book, one of my favorite things or favorite stories from from all the stuff that came out regarding Bruce's interim tenure as the head coach and, you know, everything that went on with Chuck Pagano is that he had talked to Jim Ursay and they left Chuck's office light on. They even put one of those plastic cases over the light switch so that the cleaning crew who wouldn't really know about, uh, you know, about, what they were wanting to do but they put one of those plastic cases over the light switch so nobody could turn the light off except for Chuck when he returned and I thought that was always such a great story and such a great sentiment for his friend and for his you know for his head coach who called him up as as he and and Chris were moving to their forever home in Georgia after things went south with the Pittsburgh Steelers and you know she looked at him and goes you're going to take this job aren't you and yeah it was There's so many great stories that relate back to to the Chuck Pagano days that Bruce Arians spent in Indianapolis. But looking a little bit towards the future, of course, Joe and and Bruce couldn't sit down on Uncorked and not talk about
0: Tom Brady. That's awesome. You got a great team. I I know your guys. You got great skill guys. But, of course, having Brady there, I mean, that is the the straw that's going to stir the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, we got a great locker room, but to now get a guy that's been there, done it six times—the uh, goat, you know—and uh, when he talks, they listen. Yeah, it's it's so different than a coach. Right. Yeah, you know, and I think for us as for us as coaches, there has to be a bond between the coach and those guys, and, and so that you give them ownership because you ask them questions: How do you want to do things? So they think they have a big hand in it. They, they send a message to the rest of the guys. They send your message to the rest of the guys. And uh, with Tom, it's been fantastic. It a way back in the Pro Bowl, I was coaching receivers in the Pro Bowl for the Steelers, and we had the game, and uh, he was a fierce, you could tell he was a fair. he wanted to win, even the Pro Bowl. You know, he, he commands uh, excellence on the field. And <laughs> There's no relaxation on the field when he's out there. I mean, if you're supposed to be at a certain spot on a route, you better be there or he's going to he's going to talk to you about it.
0: Listen, <laughs> I get to work with Michael Trout now. You know, I got yeah. Michael Trout and <laughs> I've always talked to the MLB folks. I mean, a couple years ago, I mentioned the fact that this guy uh, could be the logo like, you know, Jerry West with the NBA, yeah. Uh, yeah. the logo with MLB. I mean, Michael Trout, when this is all said and done, uh, has a chance to be the best player in the history of baseball, really does. I mean, when I first saw him, I mean, I haven't coached him yet, managed him yet, but from a distance, when you get on the field with him, uh, physical, talent, strength, speed, um, the whole game and just his intensity, different. I'm big into guys running hard to first base, and he always did that. The thing I love about him, um, when he comes up to you, he puts his, that big old arm around your neck to talk to you, like he gets right in there to talk to you, and um, He's a question asker. You know, he's, he's not like he knows everything. He's he's wanting. He's got yeah. questions. I, I don't even know if he's yeah. testing you a little bit at all, but he asks questions and he's looking for answers and he listens well. And then he'll eject. He gets out quick. He gets in quick, gets out quick. And then it'll come back later after he's had a chance to process what he thinks about all this. I love it. Yeah. I love all of that yeah. about him.
2: All right. That, of course, was Bruce Arians and Joe Madden talking a little Brady, talking a little Trout. And, uh, David, I know you're a huge Mike Trout fan. You tell me all the time how you think he's the uh, the greatest
3: athlete in the history of athletes. Hey, uh, you know something, actually? So the last baseball game I went was the last time I went home to Colorado. I took my kids uh, with my wife and my father. We went to a Rockies game. Uh, we sat – we weren't all the way at to the top. I can't remember where exactly we were, but we were right up on the rail. So, you know, we could see everything. Uh, Mike Trout came up to the plate. and I'm a Rockies fan, but I'm still – you know, you gotta, you got have to you have to respect greatness. Uh, so he's up to the plate. I pull my phone out. Very first pitch, man, just drills in. He's just out of the park. I just thought, man, hate it for the Rockies, but love it for my timing. And just, I mean, you know, it's its like, you know, I never got to see Michael Jordan play live. But I've seen Kobe and I've seen LeBron. Uh, and and you want to see Tom Brady and, you know, you want to see, you know, the Brett Favres, if you can, the Peyton Mannings. Uh, so Mike Trouch is one of those players, another one of those players. And, hey, man, I got to see him hit a home run live in person. Uh, right up in the front row with nobody sitting in front of me so uh, yeah I definitely respect the greatness even though I'm not the biggest baseball fan in the world
2: yeah I I thought I would razz you a little bit I didn't realize you were gonna drop a nugget on me like oh yeah I've seen Mike Trout Homer in person jeez that's what I get Yeah, that that just blew up in my face Um, yeah I I enjoyed Bruce kind of diving into the psyche of of Tom Brady this is a guy that it doesn't matter if it's a meaningless game like the pro bowl he is out there because he wants to win and that's what he's going to instill in his teammates that's the uh, leadership that he brings and i i love how bruce arians mentioned that you know if a guy runs a wrong route and steps in a wrong spot you know brady's going to let him know about it and he's you know he's going to give that receiver an earful well what did we talk about you know, just about a week ago with Tom Brady doing these private workouts over at at a school in Tampa. He was walking the route with his receivers, showing them what he wants and what he expects. And that's that's what he brings to this team. That's why people are excited about him joining this team. He brings that winning pedigree. He brings that knowledge and that expectation of, we're not here just to collect a paycheck. We're not here just to compete. We are here to win. And this is how we're going to do it, and I can tell you that because I have done it before. I love everything about it, man.
3: Yeah, and I mean again, just it, it takes me back to that same analogy right of the vehicle and everything and, and giving it gas and you have to have gas for what you're doing. Listen, it's it's the same thing and at the end of the day, that's that's kind of what – so a clip that we didn't put in on this on this episode just because we're not going to play the entire episode for you guys, I highly recommend you go check it out on YouTube for yourself. It's a great episode. Um, but something that they did also talk about is, is Bruce Arians and his coaching mentality of, you know, coach them hard, love them later. Um, you know, everybody's there for a reason, and the reason is business. And that business for them is winning championships, it's winning Super Bowls. It's not winning nine games, ten games going to the playoffs. No, it's winning the whole stinking thing. And that's what Bruce Arians is there for. That's what Tom Brady is there for. They're not there to make friends. They're not there to make you feel good about yourself. They're there to accomplish something as a group, as a unit that is very hard to accomplish. Now, I'm sure that they can make friends along the way, become friends along the way. Great, fantastic, you know. Um, but I've always told people that serve under me, you know, if you if you block me on Facebook because of what I do with you, that's that's fine. That's your prerogative. But at the end of the day, you're going to know that I gave you everything I had, and I and I made you the best that I could possibly make you. And that's what Tom Brady does. That's what Bruce Arians does. And really if you're shooting for the pinnacle of any profession or any type of adventure, that's what you're going to do. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the commonality here between all these personalities you see as being regarded as kind of the best in their business, especially in athletics, um, is that determination to be better despite what it might cost you and your, you know, your feelings and your emotional equity. Um, so yeah, just, just great insight there. And, uh, you know, uh, just reinforces kind of the, the mentality that these guys bring to the game.
0: Let me ask you this. Have you watched The Last Dance at all? I've been saving it to
1: binge watch it all at
0: once. Okay. I've been on and off it. I mean, you got to watch it, Coach. Michael Jordan, oh my God. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anybody as viciously intense as, if I, as I've seen him as a, as a professional athlete.
1: Yeah, I mean, probably the only guy that I've been around truly like that was Peyton Manning. Okay. And uh, his third year, uh, even his second year, uh, you know, we flipped from three and 13 to 13 and three, the, the way he uh, commanded the room and the team was amazing. Um, what he asked those guys to do, you know, and I'm sure Tom Brady has a lot of the same things. Just a little bit I've been around so far. It's going to be the same way. The first meeting Every year, first thing I tell them, I said, this is not my team. It's your team. We'll be as good as you want to be. Yep. Well,
2: you know, Coach, if you're listening, I know you're an avid listener, big subscriber. David and I are talking the last dance on tomorrow's episode, so hurry up and get through those. Go ahead and jump on with us. We'll talk a little MJ and uh, and the 90s Chicago Bulls. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I kind of heard something similar comparing Peyton Manning to the intensity that Michael Jordan showed and almost the viciousness that Michael Jordan showed towards his teammates in the last dance. And that came from Pat McAfee. You know, Pat McAfee was talking on his own radio show about how he saw that kind of intensity every day at practice when Peyton Manning was the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, yeah, it would rub some guys the wrong way, but at the end of the day, you listened and you respected what he had to say because of who he was and what he had done and what he had, he had accomplished. So if if Tom Brady brings a style like that into this locker room, you know, he's going to tell guys things that they don't want to hear. He's going to say things and and criticize guys that probably going to rub them the wrong way or upset them. But at the end of the day, you know it's it's exactly as Bruce has said, you know, you coach them hard, you hug them later. At the end of the day, they, they will understand that this guy is doing this for all of us. And it's not personal. It's strictly, this is what I'm seeing. This is what you need to do. And this is where we can go because of it. And those that kind of push from somebody with that type of leadership and, and that type of pedigree can help push guys to a level that they have not reached before because they haven't been pushed by someone who has gotten there. And at the end of the day that's what we're hoping for out of these buccaneers is that Brady comes in and Gronk comes in with with this talent and championships and and you know all the accolades in the world and pushes these guys up a notch that they don't even know that they have because they've never been around someone who could see it and could get them there.
3: Yep, and I mean, it's just, you know, pointing to all the reasons why you want to play with a guy like Tom Brady. You know, I know there are are a lot of Buccaneers fans who wanted to see the franchise continue on with James Winston, and, you know, you can definitely see some of the positives for why they could have done that. But uh, everything that has come out since the signing of Tom Brady, whether it be from a coach, whether it be from Jason Light, whether it be from, you know, former players like LaDainian Tomlinson that we featured on our episode yesterday, uh, or Mike Evans talking, you know, on Instagram Live or on Fortnite, you know, whatever, uh, Chris Godwin talking, you know, during his many. Listen, the, the guy knows how to get it done. You know, he's he's done it with uh, great players like Randy Moss, and he's done it with players that quite honestly were, you know, uh, solid to a little bit above average without him in, in guys like Wes Welker, uh, guys like, you know, Julian Edelman. We'll see what happens, but, I mean, uh, not a whole lot of I don't think many people are expecting Julian Edelman to have a an explosive type of year with Jared Stidham their quarterback in New England. Uh, so, you know, there there's something to what Tom has done during his career. There's something to what Peyton brings to a locker room. And then again, you talk about MJ in the last dance. You know, uh, I know we're gonna talk deeper into the the whole last dance thing yesterday, but something that, you know, every player to a team, I mean some players you know, left with the salty taste in their mouth and all that stuff. But uh, what, what most of the players come away with is understanding that no matter how difficult he was, no matter how demanding he was, no matter how much he pushed you, he pushed himself just as hard, if not harder. And again, it was also that all of you were celebrating. You never saw, you know, uh, you never you never saw Peyton Manning celebrating, you know, off by himself. You never see Tom Brady, you know, celebrating off by himself. Those are guys that you know, as much as they push you, as much as they challenge you in practice and challenge you to be better and be the best football player you can be on the field. When the time for success comes and the time for celebrating comes, they celebrate with their teammates. It's not. It's never. A, it doesn't become. A, I got you there. Look what I did for you and how awesome I am. It's look at what we did together. Even if he's got to be the one pushing more than you know, maybe others are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, that's ultimately what everyone wants on this team. Every every single member of every NFL team wants to win a championship and if you got to take one on the chin because you screwed up and your your quarterback and your captain is going to let you know about it then that's what you have to do but at the end of the day there's there's going to be a a professional and a mutual respect there that you know we have the same goals and i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past somebody like mike evans or chris godwin to you know, be in a, a position where they feel they can make a catch and maybe Brady misplaces a ball. You know, he's not perfect. He's the greatest of all time. He's not perfect. And and they go to the sideline and they say, look, Tom, in that situation, you need to put the ball here and I can make that play or, you know, I have the advantage this way. Yeah, it goes both ways. You know, just because he's Tom Brady and he has MVPs and he has six Super Bowl rings and he has nine Super Bowl parents and all that stuff. That doesn't put him above criticism. That doesn't put him above coaching. That doesn't put him above scrutiny. But when you have when you have that guy, they can bring along guys like Evans and Godwin and OJ and Allie and Donovan and whoever else you want to name that have never been in that situation. They've never won championships. They've never played in playoff games. They've never been – to the dance, then yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna get intensity, you're going to get, listen, this is you know, this is what you gotta do. If you want to get to where I've been, this is where you gotta be. And hopefully stuff like that will result in wins. But anyway, David, any any parting thoughts before we
3: get out of here? No, just uh if you haven't seen it, and you have the time, go to YouTube, check out Uncorked with Joe Madden, and that first episode with Bruce Arians. It's it's a good one.
2: Yeah, I will say I'm a little jealous that you've seen Mike Trout live. I I feel when I was younger, I did get spoiled a little bit because obviously, as you know, unless you're a new listener and, and you don't know, I live close to Cincinnati. So I grew up, you know, going to Reds games all the time, and I did get Ken Griffey Jr. in Cincinnati for quite a while. He wasn't the same after after some serious injuries and and kind of some injury-laden seasons, but I did get to see Ken Griffey Jr. Homer in person. And with the Cardinals and the Cubs coming to town all the time, I got to see Albert Pujols all the time. I got to see Sammy Sosa in his heyday. I got to see Mark McGuire in person. Like, I, I do kind of take that for granted that I've seen some of these legendary players – Uh, you know, at at some of these baseball games, I'm also jealous. You got to see Kobe, uh, never, I, I've seen LeBron. I've only been to one professional basketball game, but I did go to a Cavs game right before LeBron decided to leave for Miami. So that went well.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Kobe was, was very, very, very far away from me. So, um, I can say I saw him, but it was, it was very, very far. LeBron was a little bit closer. Uh, When I went to Madison Square Garden for the first time, uh, that was cool. And actually, it was the Mavs were in town, so I got to see Luka uh, play. And you know, he's Luka's not you know one of the greats or anything, but I mean, the kid's got potential. And you know, if if someday he becomes one of the greats, then I'll be able to say that I saw him in Madison Square Garden. So that's kind of cool because that's something that was that was a first for me was Madison Square Garden. You know, the Knicks aren't. the Knicks that you want to go there to see um, <laughs> right now, but you know, seeing Luca, seeing Christops, I mean, who knows what the future holds for those guys? But uh, you know, at minimum, I got my trip to Madison Square Garden. I've been to the United Center. Um, you know, and and best case scenario, Luca becomes you know one of the greats, and I can say that I saw him when he was early in his career. So, yep.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little bit jealous, but that's okay. That's all right. I know you're super jealous that, you know, I got to go see Stephen Stamkos and, and Victor Hedman
3: in person. So very much so. Yes, very, very much
2: so. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, we are out of here. Again, on tomorrow's episode, David and I are going to be talking about ESPN and Netflix, docu-series, The Last Dance, about Michael Jordan and the 90s Chicago Bulls. So if you have any thoughts on that, Any questions, anything like that, you know, that you want us to address and, and, you know, give our thoughts on, send them to the voicemail 813-444-5841. I know it's not Bucks centric, but this docuseries took the world by storm and we have a platform where we can discuss it. So by God, we're going to do so. Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. I can almost talk. That's a thing. Uh, you can check out David's 2017 NFL or 2017 Buccaneers draft class review that we talked about earlier in the show. That will be up at 9 a.m. You can check that out over at BucsNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucs, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We're going to get out of here because I have lost the ability to speak here in the last five minutes. So everybody, hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Box.
0: One last thing to leave you guys with tonight. Um, For those that might be struggling right now, uh, always maintain optimism. Always believe that the glass is half full. I know it's tough, listeners, and and some have had it tougher than others, and I empathize and I sympathize, but while you're going through this moment, believe there's gonna be a good ending to it. Believe that we come out the other side, it's gonna be better, um, actually better than before. Remain optimistic, remain fearless. Be be relentless in your pursuit of of what you think is the right thing to do, and I promise you're gonna come out on the other side well.